Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle. At Eric Goodman Monday. Brewery and Distillery Auction. For a 125-gallon still, a 2,000-liter open-top fermenter, other fermenters, mill, auger, and more bidding is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications. But upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so I found these numbers interesting. I certainly understand that numbers don't mean everything. However, these numbers are also connected with trends. And that, to me, is what makes me believe these numbers hold some weight. Let's start it with this. We know the Lions have lost two of their last three. Broncos have won six of their last seven. That doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with the game. Right. Okay? It's an any given Sunday league. It sure is. But these numbers, I do believe, hold weight. The Lions have had a very difficult time holding on to the ball. They have been giving it away a lot. Over their last six games, in three of those games, they've turned the ball over three times. In three of those games. In one of those games, they've turned the ball over four times. You know that the Broncos' defense is salivating at the opportunity to make it three turnovers in seven games or four turnovers in two of those seven games. What the Lions are doing very, very poorly, which is ball protection, Mm -hmm. leads very well into what the Broncos do really well, which means, after talking about this, the Broncos will force zero turnovers in this game. <laughs> it, it it can happen because the ironies of things like that are always thick, especially when you break it down, rightfully so, because these are trends over four or five games. So th- that's meaningful. It yeah. really is. It it's it that kind of falls into the category of that's who you are, right? right. So um but I will say this there are two things that make this game um squarely in the Broncos court if they happen. And one of them is turnovers. That's just about any NFL game. If they're plus two in turnovers, their chances to win go up exponentially. But it is more directly tied, I think, to the Lions running game and the Broncos' ability to stop it. The Lions run the ball well. They run it in a very old-fashioned way. They run it with a two-pronged attack. Two, a lot of times they use two backs, and so it's old school football. You know what? It, it, you know how people use the term thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. You know Montgomery is the thunder. Yeah, Gibbs is the, the lightning. lightning right. I, I have a new term that I just thought of that we need to find a way to print up a T-shirt. Oh, well, wait a minute. We we're going to have a term coined right yep. this moment. Yep. Okay. So good. so we can use it for Javante. No disrespect to Samaj P. Ryan. Right. He generally speaking is the pass receiver. Yeah. Okay. So we'll use this for Javante Williams and McLaughlin. Okay. Mash and slash. How's that? Not bad. It ain't bad. That's what they are. Mash and slash. Okay. But that's what Gibbs and Montgomery yeah. right. have done at a much higher level than the Broncos. Have. You. Don't have to stop this. You slow this down enough, 
and now all of a sudden you're making Jared Goff a statue. Beat you from the pocket? Boy, the Broncos could, I mean, that's the way for them to have a heyday. Now, getting it done is a different challenge. And the Lions, I, I, I mentioned this in the first hour, haven't lost back-to-back games since October of 2022. They, they always bounce back well. And generally, their margin for error in bounce-back games is about 17 points. They come back with a vengeance. This is an interesting game on so many different levels, Here, not the least of which is the relationship between coaches and the fact that they have such a rich history together. Here is the other thing. The Lions have really struggled against quarterbacks who are mobile. Yeah. Okay. Geno Smith and Lamar Smith or, or Lamar Jackson earlier in the season, they had pretty good days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the Lions didn't lose both of those games, but their defense got shredded. Then you have recently Jordan Love and Justin Fields. Now, both of those games were losses. Wilson, when designed, he can pick up some yardage. It's He's rushed for 315 yards yeah, this year. Yeah, he's had a nice year. Right. And in seven of those games, he's rushed for over 30. In six of those games, he's run the ball at least six times. I'll be curious to see if there aren't off-script plays for Wilson in which he gets yards, but if there are scripted plays for him to run the ball on an RPO, which we have seen more recently. I would say the chances for that are probably pretty good. And and, and it, you've got to find different ways to broach this defense that go beyond just throwing it to 14. you got to be able to run the ball. The Broncos' running attack has been efficient but never dynamic. I'm trying to think of a time that it's been just flat-out dynamic. Um, they don't have that type of running game. Now, they have an efficient running game, and it can grind you. Yes. That's what Javante Williams does. He's a grinder. But not... Not 4.5 yards a nope, carry. 3.8 yards a carry. He was doing 4.5 yards a carry when they were throwing the ball a yep. lot more. Right. But so. what they're trying to do is soften up the defense and try and set up the play action. So I'll put this out to both of you. I will play uh, Vegas odds maker. The over-under is two and a half on designed runs for Russell Wilson in this game. I will go over. Wow. Okay. I will go over on that. I think that he will... I think that he will run the football. Designed runs, yeah. not are, play are breaks you down it runs. Off of RP, but you can count on an RPO as a designed run, even if it's an RPO. You can? Okay. I mean, it's a, yeah, but that, that depends on the defense. Well, sure, because okay. you're you're making a read and then you're determining whether you're keeping it or... I mean, there's, yes, there's, you, you, you can certainly factor that in. I'm referring more to he... he, he, he Takes Naked the ball in the shoot, something like that. He, he takes the ball in the shotgun, takes one step back, and then immediately darts to his QB writer's draw line. or something like that. I'm still going to go over. I'd go over too. I think I'm going to go over. Over two and a half. Yeah, I think I'll I'm going to go over two well. and a half. Yeah. Yep. So, um, where are you concerned in this game? I'll I'll start with this one, and Justin Simmons said as much. This might be one of the most balanced teams they will yes, play this year. And if they get that running game going, as Justin Simmons said, it'll be a long day. 
for the secondary. And and that it, that's exactly right because it makes it, you have got to deal with the running game. Period. It's the for me, it's the biggest matchup of the game, and it's far and away the biggest matchup of the game. And once again, and you see this almost every week because most teams have a dynamic wide receiver, Sertan and St. Brown. How is that going to pan out? Man, it's always worth watching and paying attention to. Isn't it? There's never a game that I don't find myself just watching Pat Sertan. Seriously, never a game where I don't take about three plays in a row and just watch what he's doing, where he's moving, who he's following. Um, Is he in man? Is he in zone? What what is he doing? Uh, We had a great chat with him yesterday. Um, uh, Paul Klee and I had a good chat. Everyone else went and did the coordinators and we were, and we were the, the two left with, with Pat Sertan. And it's going to give me a story for next week because how often, I mean, other than doing it in the locker room, how often on a podium do you just get a guy one-on-one? And that's what Paul and I basically got. And we were talking about the matchup with St. Brown and he gave us a lot of the, um, you know, the, how good the guy is, this, that, and the other thing. That doesn't change much. But we did get into who are the guys that he watches around the league. Right. Who are the guys, and and, and what, if anything, does he take from guys that he watches? Does he ever apply those things or try to work on those things outside of the normal things that he does to be just so damn good himself? Right. And, and, And I thought it was very interesting. So, yeah, that's very interesting. But to me, the biggest thing, is can you stop the run? Because if I think if they stop the run or or really make them a, a pocket-passing team, they're going to win this football game. Yep. I feel that way. Coming up after the break, every uh, Friday on the show, we have on Super Bowl champ Todd Davis. How would he attack this Lions offense that is versatile in running and passing? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Monday, there's a auction for brewery and distillery equipment. A 125-gallon sill, a 2,000-liter open top fermenter, other fermenters, mill, auger, and more. The bidding is open right now at rollerauction.com. And if you want to get involved in upcoming auctions, go to rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, I love telling you about Castle Rock Men's Health. Uh, They are the only ones I trust with my health. I honestly look at Dr. Lee as basically one of my internists. I have an internist who's really, really good, but when it comes to certain things, he's the one that I want to go to. He really cares about what about his patients specifically. I can only speak for me, but he really takes the time. We do a lot of different blood work. We do it about every three months. 
maybe every four months to make sure my levels are where they need to be, whether it's testosterone, estrogen blockers. There are a lot of chop shops out there that want to scare you. You might have ED. Maybe your testosterone isn't high enough. That's not how they approach it. It is full body health. They are the best out there. And I'm sure many of you go to a place that offers testosterone. That's what all they care about. They want to pedal testosterone, get you on it. You probably need it, but it's not full body health like it is with Castle Rock Men's Health in Aurora or in Castle Rock. Go with Dr. Lee. He is my guy. Go to crmenshealth.com. That's crmenshealth.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health in Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our guy, Todd Davis, Super Bowl champ. His segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. He joins us every Friday on the show. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. I want to look at uh, one specific thing. Let's just jump right in the weeds with Sam Laporta, their terrific tight end. 91% of his targets this season are in the red zone. Who would you give the dubious honor to on the Broncos defense to cover Sam Laporta inside the red zone and outside the red zone? Not Justin Simmons. I think he's the man to do it. He has the speed, the agility, and also the uh, the ball hawking, playmaking ability to get it done. So focus on anybody on the field. The guard, Sam Laporta, has got to be just. You know, Todd, a lot of times games get distilled down to just one or two things. Is this, as I feel, as simple as the Broncos dealing with the Lions running game, which is fairly dynamic? Uh, They use it in an old-fashioned way with two backs. They like to set up play action, uh, and and they do it the old-fashioned way, but you take that away and you make them awfully one-dimensional. Is it that simple for the Broncos this weekend, at least in theory? You know, I, I really wish it was. Um, I think, first and foremost, they do have to stop the run. But Jared Goff has been pretty good, um, not over the last couple of weeks, but over the course of the season, mm-hmm. at getting the ball out to different players. I think they have five players that have five touchdowns um, or more in the season. I think we have one, which is quarter of the sudden, outside of Russell Wilson. So they're doing a great job of distributing the ball. And also, he's finding uh, Laporta or St. Brown. They have a lot of guys, a lot of talented guys that can catch the ball. So we definitely have to stop the run first, but we cannot fall asleep on, on Jared Goff in this passing attack. You certainly played on a lot of good defenses in the NFL and in college as well. Uh, the Broncos' you know, calling card is forcing turnovers, and the Lions have had a major problem recently over their last six games turning over the ball. I know that every team on defense wants to force turnovers, but have you played on different teams where it is emphasized even more? Is it emphasized equally? And is it truly a mentality that some teams have and some teams don't, or is that too simplistic? No, I think it is a mentality. And these guys have definitely uh, embodied it fully. Um, that attitude of that ball is ours. If it's in the air, it's ours. If the ball carrier is running with it, it's ours. Um, and so you see them actively going after the ball, trying to strip it. Um, you know, multiple points in the game, whenever somebody has to tackle held up, next guy comes in and trying to punch for the ball, trying to rip it out. So 
it's definitely been a point of emphasis for the team. It's something that they're stressing at practice, and you're seeing it come to fruition in the games. And so I definitely feel like this mentality they, they have, um, this is what's allowing them to get turnovers in, in bunches. Todd, how rare is it in Week 15 in the NFL that you have a football team, not only that's hot, but that truly believes they're nowhere near their ceiling in terms of, hey, there's a lot more that we can do to improve. A lot of teams are what they are by this particular point of the season. Do the Broncos still have remarkable room for improvement, I guess especially on the offensive end? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think you can see open guys on the offensive side of the ball and still plays that they haven't got the most out of yet. Um, I know they've been working on some. Yes, last week they were able to find Jerry Judy a couple times. He wasn't able to hang on to the ball. Uh, but those are, you know, at least 100 yards in passing offense that can be added to this team um, just by play design and how well they're doing and getting guys open. So there's definitely another level to this offense. This defense, I feel like it's playing at peak level. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guess you can always get better, but, you know, what would be better, holding people to under 100 yards a game? Like, that would be phenomenal, but they're playing at a really high level right now. We were talking with Todd Davis. His, uh, his segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. He joins us every Friday on the show. Uh, during the game on Sunday, I was texting back and forth with one of your former teammates, Chris Harris, and we were talking a little bit about Jaquan McMillan, and, of course, you played with Chris Harris, and I said, i got to tell you something, Chris. Jaquan McMillan reminds me a lot of you, an undrafted guy, play slot corner, a difference maker, always around the ball. And to Chris's credit, um, I love covering superstars who are humble and remain humble. And he said to me, yeah, um, Jaquan McMillan, we, we, we certainly share some qualities, but what he's doing now as a rookie, essentially, as a rookie, essentially, I did in my second year which was quite a compliment to Jaquan McMillan. When you look at McMillan, what similarities do you see with Chris Harris early on in his yeah. career? Uh, definitely his ability to get the ball um, and make big plays. I think Chris, you know, from the moment he stepped on the field, was a guy that you can rely on to lock up his man and also create big plays, whether it's intercessions, force fumbles, some recoveries. Uh, he just found his way around the ball and ascending with J-Mac. And some of you, I talked to Chris about J-Mac, and he just, you know, once again was voicing how incredible it is for this, this young man to be playing the way he is. So there they, definitely are a lot of similarities. Um, I definitely want to see J-Mac continue to do this year in and year out because I think he'll leave a great legacy for himself if he can. I want to bring up another guy that you played with, and I don't know if it's a mentality or if it is luck. Jaquan McMillan reminds me of Shaq Barrett. Now, I understand they play different positions. Shaq with the Broncos never put up huge numbers. But every time something happened, he always seemed to be around the ball. Is that luck? Is that an accident? Or is it somewhere in between? Yeah, I think it's I think it's just kind of how some guys are built. Um, some guys just find ways to make plays. Um, you can't even describe it sometimes. It feels like the ball is attracted to them, like it's just meant to, you know, be in their hands or they're meant to take it away from their opposing offense. And that's very similar to these two players. And I think it's 
even guys like P.J. Locke, like the way yeah. he's making plays and his surrounding the football, I don't know how you take him out even when K-Jack comes back. And, you know, K-Jack is a phenomenal player I've played for many years, but this guy just keeps finding a way to get around the ball. Sometimes you got to leave the playmakers on the field. Todd, it looks like Nick Benito will not play this week. Uh, have We have not seen him in the facility at all. Not reasonable to think that he will play. Drew Sanders is going to get a lot of that time on the outside. Give me a sense for the hardest adjustment that he has to make going from inside primarily, even though he's been working with the guys outside for the last couple of weeks, but to actually playing there and making plays and having a really good sense of how to play the position. It seems to me that that would be a big ask for a player in the middle of the season. What's the challenge for Drew Sanders? Well, actually, he's been getting a lot of reps outside you yep. know, as the season progressed. I think last week he got like 32 snaps maybe playing primarily outside linebacker. Um, so I think he's ready for the challenge. And no knock on the outside linebacker, guys, but it's actually easier to play outside than it is to play in the middle. Um, I think you can, you know, if you're good at pass rushing or getting after the quarterback, you definitely can make it name for yourself. You can make a lot of money, um, and then you don't have to drop in coverage as much. But I think he's prepared. I think he's ready. Got a lot of slaps last week, so I'm excited to see what he does. I want to get back into Kareem Jackson. He said he had a conversation with Roger Goodell, and I think all of us would agree on this. Goodell allegedly said to Kareem, it is the defensive player's responsibility to protect the offensive players. I think all of us can agree Roger Goodell has never played the game before where you make a comment like that. But then Kareem, I don't want to say took it a step further, but said, I've played my entire career like this, and this is who I am. And then the Kareem Jackson apologists will always throw this in there. Well, if Ronnie Lott played in today's game, if John Lynch played in today's game, oh, they'd be fine all the time. I don't buy that. I think that great players find a way to adjust for the rules. With that, do you believe Ronnie Lott, John Lynch can play in today's game and it's Kareem just hasn't changed with the rules? You know, it's always hard to go back um, to different eras and trying to say, can this guy do this and this time? Um, I think, you know, the most important thing is the comment that was made or allegedly made is that offensive players or defensive players have to protect offensive yeah. players. Yeah. I think it's a shared I think it's a shared responsibility, but it's definitely not my job to make sure that this guy is protected. One, his quarterback has to make sure he's not left wide open. Um to, you know, a, a big hit. It's on him to be also be able to cover himself up. Um, I think it's a shared responsibility in that regard. So I didn't like when I saw that comment. I don't think that it's fair that all the onus is placed on defensive players. So I don't know if that's going to change, but I don't think that's right. Kareem said about maybe about changing or about protecting. He used the word, that's impossible. He said the word, that's impossible. If you believe something is impossible, are we looking at another Kareem Jackson suspension then? Um, you no, know, possibly. Um, if he feels like it's, you know, out of his control to be able to do it. I like it's tough because if you're like, hey, I can come and make a good hit and try to dislodge the ball on third and one, or I can come and be soft and, you know, maybe I miss the tackle and they go for a touchdown. So either way, it's like my job's on the line. If I make a big hit, 
I could potentially be fined if I miss this tackle because I'm not aggressive enough, then I'm off the field because I'm not making plays. It's a very tough position to be in. Tell us about the Davis Fund. So Davis Fund is a real estate development firm I started here in Denver, Colorado. I'm working on for-profit, non-profit, workforce housing. Uh, we do projects all, all around Colorado. Got a project in Sloan's Lake. Got a project in Lakewood going up soon. Um, just trying to help, you know, our community and, and build some houses. What do those projects look like? Uh, so, you know, it's everything from spec homes to townhome developments to, you know, apartment complex or workforce and, and um, low-income housing. So a full section of projects that we have going on. And if people want to get involved, how do they do it? best way to get in touch with me is to email me at Todd Davis at the davisfund.com. Get in touch. Let's collaborate on how to uh, keep improving our city. Todd, thanks for your time as always. Uh, have a great weekend. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Todd. Coming up after the break, the schedule makers nailed it this week. I mean, it seems like every other game, if not 75% of the games, have major head-to-head playoff implications. Mm. Specifically on Saturday, and I'll tease it. You ready for this? Ah. There are three games on Saturday involving six teams, and five of those teams have seven and six records. That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. That's one of the five or so tunes of hers that I actually like. You know, Pat Sertan said that by far and away, Taylor Swift is his favorite artist. Really? Yeah, well... Yeah. I'm sure he has played against uh, somebody where he can get that introduction. Yes. Yeah. If he's looking right. for it. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. Reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle. At Eric Goodman. Monday Brewery and Distillery Auction for 125-gallon still. 2,000-liter open-top fermenter. Other fermenters, mill, auger, and more. Bidding is open. RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending, presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. This weekend is a football gasm that I have not seen <laughs> in a very long time. The schedule makers certainly, maybe accidentally, got it right. Yesterday's game, no playoff implications. None. Zero. Zilch. With that, we have six teams in the AFC that have seven and six records. We have seven teams, seven teams in the NFC that have six and seven records, or like five teams, four or five teams. Excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Six teams in the AFC with seven and six records. Five teams in the NFC that have six and seven records. The Broncos-Lions game is not a head-to-head playoff implication. It is, it is to an extent, Broncos trying to get in and the Lions trying to move up in the standings. I'm referring to head-to-head 
wild card implication games. Right. There are five of those this weekend. Five games, two wild card teams going head to head, either six and seven, believe it or not, five or eight in the NFC, seven and six in the AFC. Saturday, you have five teams that are playing with seven and six records. Yeah. Vikings at the Bengals, Steelers against the Colts, and then, of course, you have the Broncos in Detroit. There's so many great games with so many implications, but if you could pick one that you could watch outside the Broncos game, which one would you watch? And I'm not going to go through the whole list. Okay. I'm going to base it on how it affects the Broncos. Is that okay? No, just base it on interest. Just the level of interest? Cowboys at Buffalo. Exactly. Well, okay. Now I'll ask you which game for you of interest because it has to do with the Broncos. Bears at Browns. Exactly. And that's where I was going to go because last week we talked about it. We Of all the games, you want the Browns to lose. Yes. And yes. now it's this because they have the tie break. Right. Now Cowboys-Bills, you can make the same thing. They have the tie break against the Bills. But that's just a damn good game too, right? Yeah. That's a fun game to watch. And if it had no implications, you'd still be watching it. It happens to have some implications. I mean, I can't remember the last time that I was actively pulling for the Cowboys. But I'm pulling for the Cowboys. Right. Here's another game that is sneaky good. Mm. Because you can make the case if you wanted to. If you wanted to, this could be the AFC championship game. Mm. Ravens-Jags? Yep. Good game. That could be your AFC championship game. Could be. It, it's interesting. Jags coming off a loss. Trevor Lawrence coming, trying to get off that ankle injury. Ravens look like the best team in the AFC. But you're right. I mean, you're talking about two potential, well, likely division winners. Right. So, yeah, pretty good stuff. I, I agree. It is, it's a cavalcade of great games, right. meaningful games. Steelers-Colts could have been designed any better for the Love Broncos. Love it. One team is going to get another loss in the conference win column and lo- win-loss column. I'm kind of pulling for the Steelers in that one because I think they've got two very difficult games still to play. Listen, the, the, the Colts still play the Texans. Yes, they do. And that's why we have talked about more than a few times Over the last couple of weeks, when you look at the Broncos' schedule moving forward, they don't play any games against teams that will be like a Steelers-Colts, where one team's going to potentially knock out the other. You look at the Broncos' schedule, they don't play any of those type of games. Those teams are not outside of Detroit. Those conference games, none of those teams are in the playoff picture. It's amazing. And really... It's not must-win for the Broncos tomorrow when you stop to consider the three teams they're still playing and the very virtue of the fact that you just said there are so many teams playing essentially elimination games in their playoffs. The Broncos really aren't playing well. Well, it's must-win if you want to win the division. Oh, yes. Well, from that standpoint. And and, and it's, it's more than just a win. Yeah. It's more than just a win because... If, if the Chiefs and Broncos are tied, the Chiefs win the tiebreaker. Sure. The reason why it's a must-win tomorrow night is that's a common opponent. Yes. With the Chiefs, the Chiefs have already lost to Detroit. Mm-hmm. 
right now, the, the Broncos, I think, are four and two in common games, and the Chiefs are four and are four and three in common games, something like that. Something like so that. So the Broncos have to win this game. Yeah. For I, I guess I'm not holding out as much for the I, I don't think it but in terms of division as much as I think of wild card and getting in. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? We'll discuss the relationship and familiarity between Sean Payton and Dan Campbell and also tell you who the Buffs snagged in the transfer portal yesterday. That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna tell you about my town. Morning drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Monday, there's a brewery and distillery auction for a 125-gallon still. 2,000 liter, open top fermenter, other fermenters, mill, auger, and more. Bidding open right now at rollerauction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com. Backslash MHS. We got to get that music back up again. I know, it's good, isn't it? Well, it's good for a reason. Why don't you tell us the reason so I don't have to tell the reason? Well, it's about the Charles River in Boston. No, it has nothing to do with it. Oh, it does, too. What what does it really have? What is this song synonymous with? The Red Sox. When they... Win games and championships. So they haven't heard this song in a long time. Time now for what's trending. Well, you may want to ask the Yankees about that, not the Red Sox. At the end of the day, listen, uh, you really want to go down this road? Oh no, are you going? Typically, oh well, if you go all the way back, I mean, I get that, but the Red Sox have won three championships since the Yankees won their last one. Okay. So I mean, you know, all right. If you if I mean, you're the big hey, what's the snapshot of today, guy? Well, you know what? There you go. By the way, yep. here's something I like about Broncos practice. Wow. Okay. Tell you us. ask, you know, we we talk every now and then about practice because I'm a practice guy. I like practice. I know. I love going to practice. By I love, the way, what was the Red Sox record this year? Oh, they were, we're horrible. About practice, man. They weren't a good team. No. They were actually decent. The, Yankee, the Yankees until, were actually better. And how at, least they, they, at least they were over five hundred. Yeah, and how and how are their playoffs? How they how they do in the playoffs? They were over five hundred. How'd they do in the playoffs? They didn't make it. Oh, 
Really? Well, they well you know what? The, the Red Sox and the Yankees were in the same boat. Well, they also played in a division where the Orioles won 101 games and Tampa won 99. And both but, of them lost early in the playoffs. I understand that, but the Red Sox were the only losing team in that division. It doesn't make any difference. Either you're in the playoffs or you're not oh. in Major League Baseball. Oh, okay. The rest of it's crap. All Who right. cares? Okay, so here's what I like about what Sean Payton does at practice. Yeah. I love how he pipes in music from the city that they're going to. So the, last, Motown this week. so the last two days have all been Motown during practice, and it's been great, just great. Found myself moving a lot to the music, and and I just think it's a cool thing. Dan Campbell pointed out something about Sean Payton, uh, saying how he would do little things to motivate you, and I believe it was one season when Dan Campbell was with Sean Payton that he got a box full of money, a big, clear box full of money. Wow. And it was sitting in front of the room when he was talking, and he said, if you win this playoff round, this playoff round, this playoff round, you get this money, and he put all that cash in a box. And he said, this could be yours if we win the Super Bowl. Isn't that something? Yep. He does little things like that. Little attention to details. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. What? Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Alrighty, just in case you missed it, Dan Campbell played one year under Sean Payton in New Orleans and was an assistant head coach for the Saints from 2016 through 2020. Uh, Payton was asked about the mentality of the Lions under Campbell, and Payton said this. I see a team that reflects their head coach. Absolutely. Um, man, they're physical in the running game. They've got a young, talented offensive line. Um, how they play defensively, absolutely. I know Dan, you know, is, is someone who will have his team ready. They'll be aggressive. As a former head coach of theirs, you're proud of them. You know, you really are. Enough flowers. <laughs> how much uh, How much does the familiarity with each other help out in this coaching Oh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I always go back to his line of, hey, it's all on the film. And it is all on the film. But his history goes back even further. He got him signed in, in Dallas. Uh, and he was and he was helped drafted him all the way back uh, to his time in New York with, with the Giants. So, I mean, the history that these two have is long and uh, fruitful. So I'll, I'll tell you what I find interesting. Somebody makes a comment, and then like a wildfire, it spreads all over the country. What do I mean? There was a time when this word was not even used, and then it became an, then it became part of everybody's vernacular. Physicality. Yeah. I don't remember what year that happened, but then everybody started to use the word physicality. I'm thinking, at the time, is that even a word? Yeah. Or is that a made-up word? Now, here is the new flavor of the month. I'm going to give him his flowers. That now is the new catchphrase. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's funny because you had uh, Ant-Man on a podcast. Uh-huh. 
and he was asked who is the best player in the NBA. And he said, by far and away, to the complete shock of the interviewer, he said, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. And he said, after what Jokic did to us in the playoffs, I have to give him his flowers. Sean Payton, have to give him his flowers. You know what? If you're talking about guys, guys don't want flowers. How about a year supply of steaks? I have to give them a year supply to Omaha Steaks. That would be, I think, a more appealing thing for something for guys I would to give to flowers. guys. I don't eat steak. Well, how about salmon? How about Alaska salmon? Okay, you win. Would that work for you? Yes. Thank and by you. the way, I'm getting way off on a tangent here, but women always try and wear the sexiest perfume, right? You want, and they do it for themselves because they want to feel pretty. But if the goal is to attract men, if that's your reason why. Which is a wonderfully male point of view. Well. Doesn't have to always be that, but go ahead. Men wear cologne because they want, they they like that feeling. They like that smell, but they're doing it for women as well. Let's be completely honest. If you're putting on perfume to attract men there should be a perfume called sizzling steaks you want to attract the guy or bacon best there you go okay just bottle the scent all right of a ribeye on the grill and guys will be just flocking towards you not something new from chanel sizzling steaks I'm going to get on this as a business opportunity that I just made up good, on the show. Good luck for that. I, I, I'll I, be interested to check back with you and see how it's going. Enough flowers. Thank you. New from Chanel. Sizzling steaks. Oh, to bacon. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, that was our going to want liquor just in case you missed it. The weekend is here. Maybe you might want to sit down and have a cocktail. Sip of wine, glass of wine, bottle of wine in Bruce's case. How about a craft beer? <laughs> Head on over. Case That's of beer. That's only in one night, though. Case of beer for Bruce. Yeah. Uh, head on over to Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You can find them off of Colfax. They always have great specials on wine. And uh, right now, their special is 15% off all domestic wines. Order online at ArgonautLiquor.com or order off their app. That is going to do it for us. Gordon, great job as always. Alex, terrific job all week. Same with you, Bruce. I'll try and do better on Monday. Make the best possible weekend you can.